Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. And I got off and I immediately started things started going through my mind, like I didn't pray enough, I wasn't free enough, I, I wasn't, there was something missing. And you know what happens in those moments? You know, you know exactly what happens in those moments. You start to hear another voice that starts to condemn you, that starts to say, yeah, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, and, and you know, God wasn't moving and da-da-da. Freedom is this. This is what freedom is. This is what I had to deal with when I'm in worship again, because God's good. But you know, when Adam and Eve, before they sinned, there was no fight. There was no attack. There was no enemy. Before they sinned, there was freedom. In heaven, there is freedom. You know exactly who you are all the time. You know who God is for you. There is no fight. But right now on planet Earth, where you and I are journeying towards a destination of heaven, there is a fight. And the fight is the fight against what the devil, what the enemy says to you and what God says to you. And freedom. Can you imagine? Can you imagine every moment of every single day knowing exactly how confident you are, how incredible you are? what you're capable of doing. Even in the midst of trauma and tragedy, you know God is with you. You don't doubt him. That you are never insecure, you never had a defeated thought, and you are always victorious. That is freedom. That is, that is like, taste that freedom. That is what we are working at our salvation for. That is the kind of freedom that God wants for us. So we're always outworking it. And so this morning, I'm outworking it. I'm getting off the stage and I'm going, okay, God, I had a struggle there, but I'm going to stand here and in freedom, your grace is on me. I put that behind me. I, I believe that you spoke to people. I know that you're doing things in Jesus' name. I can get up and feel empowered all over again. That's freedom. That's coming back to God. Who am I? Who am I really? And who are you? And who are you for me? Amen. Just thought I'd say that. You just triggered the uh, authentic, you triggered off the realness there. And Aliska, did you just preach in youth? Now, you've got a ministry thing going on in you. Thank you. So So don't suppress it. Don't suppress it. And allow your mind to take you there. Allow your mind to, allow, have freedom in your mind to believe that God's going to use you more and more in that. Don't allow anything else to say otherwise. All right. So, okay. So uh, let me start, start this off with a story I did this morning. Um, so we were, I was in Sheffield with, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the message title in a minute. Just wait, just wait. Um, but uh, Pastor Louis and Pastor Peter and my husband and I were in Sheffield at a conference, leadership conference this week, and we just had a huge dinner full of just meat. It was just meat. It was like a barbecue on a plate. And um, I want you just to give Peter and Louis a hand. It's just to honor them. They work so hard behind the scenes, not just practically and leadership. They just work at pushing into God. You know, all of us, 
in leadership, we're all having to go to next levels all the time. Well, all of us in our life are. These two particularly are pushing out to go to the next level. So just love on them, support them, pray for them and their beautiful wives. Um, anyway, I, I, didn't, I didn't like them quite so much on Wednesday night because um, after the food, they wanted to go for a walk. And I was wearing my heels and I don't like walking in my heels. It just doesn't work for me at all. So um, they're like striding on in their Dutch legs right over there. And they're off, they're off for ice cream. They're off for gelato. Gel- Is it called gelato? Am I making that up? Thank you. Thank you, she says. <laughs> gelato ice cream. And so we get to this really nasty, Eng- it's not nasty, but it's very plastic looking English ice cream parlor with very illuminous looking ice cream and pl- red plastic seats. And Louis has the biggest ice cream for sure. And we all sit down. And I'm loving my ice cream. I'm loving it until this terrible, terrible moment happens. It like, I'm a drama queen, right? It's a really bad moment because I'm licking away. And I, but out of the corner of my eye, there's something disturbing me. It's really disturbing me. It's not even a person. It's a plant. And I look round to the left and there's this saddest plastic plant you've ever seen in your life. It's so sad that it's been stuck together with staples and it's got, it's got, sellotape all the way around it and there's sellotape on the floor with the dead looking and it doesn't even look real I can't look at it said you don't even look real there's nothing real about you you're drawing negative attention to yourself and now I'm looking at you and all I can think about is going to the cashier and saying can I buy you a new one you know that that is that is sad that's just sadness (laughs) my soul was truly disturbed you can see the kind of things that disturb me right but, it, you know, I kept thinking, I wanted to use that story today. I was trying to work how I'd get it into the message. <laughs> but, so I came up with something fun. But um, you truly are, as we go into this message on freedom, you truly are the real thing. You are not an imitation. You are not plastic. You are not, you're, not, you're not drawing negative attention to yourself. You're a person drawing positive attention to you. The God is... In the process of recovery for us all, he's binding us up and stitching us up. And you don't look like that dead plant on the outside. God's doing a work in you, and it's a real work. And uh, I pray that this, um, this message will bring you a greater sense of freedom and a greater sense of hope. So I've called this message, I want an encounter with the Holy Spirit and his freedom. And this is very much a message building up to, to, um, to beautiful minds. Uh, because the whole theme of Beautiful Minds is freedom in your mind. I just, just thought I'd stop there and just see what happened. <laughs> so if we want to be the disciples that Jesus has called us to be, if we want to be certified disciples living the true big life, we have to each personally be on a pursuit of freedom. We have to be in a pursuit of it. Your strength in life You may think your strength is in lots of things, but your strength is in your freedom. But you have to understand what the fullness of that freedom means to you. And uh, Galatians 5 uh, says this about freedom. This is Paul speaking. It's a scripture I'm going to use a little bit later. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm. Stand firm and do not be burdened by a yoke of slavery. So Jesus has set you free, but you and I have a daily choice to live out that freedom, to live out that new identity. 
And let me start at the beginning. So let's start at the beginning. And, and I don't know where you all are today in your relationship with God. I don't know if you all know him or you're on a journey to find out. You're taking steps. But I know this. When, when, I, when I was born again at 15, when you, when you got saved, something brand new changed in me. There was a freedom that G- I, I experienced Jesus' freedom that he bought for me. And I realized that now, you know, as, as it was with you, the major influence in your life now becomes the Holy Spirit. Not, not your wife or your husband or your people at work or the world around you, but the influence, the one who's shaping and molding you becomes the Holy Spirit. And that, you, and that what God does in you by giving you a new spirit is he orientates you towards God. Because before that, you were orientated toward yourself and to pleasing ourselves and to do things that, that, that you know, get in the way of up between us and God. And you're called and you're set apart and, you're, and God calls you holy, even though we don't deserve it, because the blood of Jesus rests on you. When you accept him, you accept what he's done for you. You are holy. You are set apart to be different. And what we have to do once that newness has been created in us is work out what does that freedom mean for me and my salvation in my mind every day of our life, every single day. There isn't a single day that goes by where I am not confessing over myself who I am. I went out this morning. I went out yesterday because there's fights. I know I have a melancholic, sanguine nature in me. It's contrasting. It's like they fight each other all the time. And then I've got a spiritual fight, you know, going on in me. I, I find that, you know, I have to work hard to get my, my mind to a place of peace. But so, so for me, I've got to be speaking over me who God says I am in order to believe who he says he is for me. It's a really important part of my walk with God. In the words of Ralph Ellison, who wrote The Invisible Man, when I discover who I am, I will be free. So freedom is largely found out by discovering who you are, but not outside in the context of the world, but the context of Jesus. You and I are given this brand new start. It's an incredible brand new start. But we come, and I came to Jesus with the good and the bad and the ugly in me. I came with my insecurity. I came with my complexities. You come with your brokenness and the things that people have done when they've trodden over your boundaries. You come with unsafe areas of your life. You come with your self-worth wrapped up in the wrong things. You come with a sense that you may have devalued yourself by the way that you've allowed yourself to be treated. Um, You come with toxic thinking. You come with emotions that you don't understand. You come with dysfunctions of being in your own culture. We come with all of that. We, We find salvation. We find a renewed spirit. But we come with a lot of stuff a lot of baggage, a lot of complexity. And freedom is you and I allowing Jesus to strip us back, layer by layer, piece by piece, word by word, experience by experience, back to who you and I are intended and created to be. Free in the Holy Spirit, listening to one voice alone, obeying one voice alone. That is where freedom lies. And until we meet Jesus, we have no context for understanding what, I put, what understanding personal freedom is, other than what the world tells you. So I grew up as a young kid. Freedom was what the world told me. My parents didn't sort of sit me down and say, this is freedom for you, Lisby. You know, I knew my boundaries, but what can I do with my life? What can I not do with my life? 
And the world says this to you. It says, you can do anything you like. You can speak how you like. Oh my goodness, we see so much of that in the media. You can speak what you like. You can believe what you like. You can worship that or that. You can behave how you like. As long as it doesn't infringe on somebody else's freedom. As long as you don't hurt anyone else. Freedom is your ability to be independent and non-conformist and go the other direction. Well, that's kind of true when you're a believer, right? But, but in, the, in the world's context is don't be accountable to anyone. Do your own thing. Freedom is I do what I like with my body. I can, I can choose to connect it with anybody that I like. I can choose to do anything that I want. That's freedom. That's what the world tells us. And, uh, and, and, and in the heart of God... The incredible thing is that is the antithesis of freedom. That's not what he designed and purposed us for. Actually, our bodies and our minds cannot contain that kind of freedom. It doesn't actually work for us. We start to break down emotionally, psychologically, mentally when we embrace that kind of freedom. It's not the kind of freedom I want for my kids at all. <laughs> and that kind of freedom becomes actually your captivity. You think it's freedom, but what it does is it brings captivity in your heart and your mind. Is anyone relating to this? Um, <laughs> on the front row they are. <laughs> the definition of captivity is this. A Christian is held captive in their mind by anything that hinders, it blocks, the abundance and the effective spirit-filled life God planned for them. Well, whoa, that means, still means I'm captive, guys. There's areas of my life that are still captive, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being in constant recovery, as I heard somebody say this week. I'm all right with that because I'm working it out and I have God's grace and I can get up from my mistakes and start again. But the important thing is the pursuit. You know, Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, this beautiful passage on freedom that Jesus uses as he starts his ministry. He takes it from the Old Testament and says, this is me fulfilling this in your sight. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I just love that scripture because it just breathes. It's a scripture that breathes into you. And, 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 and it speaks to me here when I think about this. And I, I use this in the Renewing Your Mind course that I'm going through with the women in our church, I use it to, to talk about Jesus came to bind up your broken heart, no matter what has broken it, no matter who might have broken it, no matter what experience might have broken your heart. The freedom is knowing that Jesus has come to restore it. Jesus came to free you as a captive, no matter what prison holds you. Sometimes we have a prison inside of us of self-hatred, of, of, um, of disappointment, a disappointment in ourselves, of other people, a prison of self-doubt, a prison of failure that we're never going to achieve what we want to achieve, that it's too late, a prison of fear. 
And, they, and they're real prisons. They're, they're in here, but no one can see them but you. But you're, you're, you're found in there. And, 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 and Jesus says, you know, I've come to open your eyes. No matter what's blinded you, whether that's religion, whether that's disappointment, whether that's lack of trust, whether whatever that might be, I've come to open your eyes so that you can see. There isn't anything that you and I haven't experienced or gone through that isn't connected and released through this scripture. It's beautiful. And, and, and our, our pursuit is to allow Jesus, as I said, to strip off of us layer by layer to find the real you, for you to love the real you, for you to be the best you. Amen? And, uh, and in John eight thirty, when the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But you have to pursue it. There's a difference between Jesus opening up and, and releasing you physically and releasing you into a new life, giving you a new spirit. But then we have to outwork that because our mind is a machine. It's a computer. It believes so much of what it experiences. It, it, it creates belief systems from, from the past and then you live out of them. And, and Jesus is here to knock them all back down to who you are really meant to be. And, uh, you know, I, I love that. I love the illustration from the Israelites. Um, and I go back to Galatians 5, where Paul is speaking into the, into, the, into the Jewish culture. And he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you guys free. So stand firm, but don't go back to the yoke of slavery. Well, the Israelites came out of slavery in, in the book of Exodus. And if you remember the story, um, uh, um, those people were, were uh, the people that he was talking to were descendants of those that came out of Exodus. And, and, those, and those, at that time, the descendants of, um, uh, of Abraham had been for eight to ten generations enslaved physically. And that enslavement physically had meant they, their minds had become enslaved too. They didn't believe who they were anymore. They didn't, you know, they cried out to God to help them, but they weren't experiencing God in their life. They weren't people of faith. They were broken souls. They were damaged people. And God had to take a people out of slavery, but he took them out and through the Red Sea, led by Moses, but they were still enslaved. They were free physically, but in their minds, they were totally caught up, chained, didn't believe in themselves, grumbled, complained, and God could never actually take them into the promised land. He had to use their children, a new set of people, a new people who had not had a mind that was trapped in the past. And that's why the scripture is saying that. It, it, Paul is saying, look, guys, you've got to realize there's a whole new way. No longer has God had to use to, to manage you, to, to put you, um, to give you, like, the law became, um, it became something that was a guardian over the Israelite people. The way that God gave the Ten Commandments and all these laws to follow and sacrifices to make. It was a guardian. It held people captive until the time where Jesus had come and they could receive by faith their righteousness. It wasn't there yet. So God's like managing them in the wilderness, helping them put him first. But they just couldn't escape from all the issues in their mind. And Paul here is saying, don't, don't, you know, that, that, that law that held you in custody, it's gone. It's released. There's no slavery anymore. There's only freedom through faith in Jesus Christ. And it was mind-blowing. They couldn't get their minds around it. And all of Galatians is Paul going, guys, who's deceived you from this truth? It's so hard for them to grasp. It's so hard for us to grasp sometimes that we have a freedom that is ours to step into. 
and you are more than who you think you are. I know we find it difficult. You and I have been released from our old way of living, but we can still be enslaved in our minds. Right? You can still be a slave to religion and be saved. You can be still a slave to trying to gain success and attention. You can still be a slave to the pain of rejection. You can still be a slave. You can still be a slave to serving your own happiness. And it's that slavery that God, Jesus says, I have bought that from you. That's what you need to come out of and change the way that you think because it has a ransom in your mind. What still has a grip on you today? What still holds a grip that you can't be free from? And it's okay to admit it because Jesus goes, right, I'm spotlighting that with you. We're going to take you to a place of freedom. I'm going to release you so that you find peace and hope and joy in that area of your life. You will no longer be captive. You will no longer be a slave. But you and I have to pursue it. We have to pursue it. You can either be someone living in the past, haunted by everything, or you can be a person in the now, experiencing the favor and the joy of God. And I've had this going on in my head for a while, these two things that yesterday is the past. Even yesterday is the past. If you got stuck in yesterday, if yesterday told you untruths about who you are, yesterday has gone. It says in Lamentations, God's mercies over you are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. The past and yesterday will tell you a whole load of untruths. That is why God created days to separate days out. There's a day and a night, so the next morning you can get up. It's a new day. Yesterday has gone. I can stand firm in today and not be yoked again to slavery. Friends, don't side with the enemy. He doesn't love you. There may be quite a few times a day where you are listening to the one who doesn't love you, who's speaking things into your world and you can't work out where that voice is coming from. I was trying to get someone here to church this morning and she didn't come. And, it, and I know she's in a spiritual fight and she was meant to come and didn't. And I just wrote, she let me know, and I went, oh, it's, a sh- it's a shame, no worries. Then I wrote something else. I prayed and then I wrote something else. I went, you know what? You're in a battle. Because she knows the God and she knows there's the devil. I said, you're in a battle. It's a spiritual one. And you've got to choose which voice you're going to listen to. Because on the inside of you is a tenacity to stand up and fight. And I want you to fight. I want you to fight for this. And don't listen to anything else. I'm like, I want, I want people to fight. Not, 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 a, not an exhausting fight, but... We have to fight the good fight, right? Paul says that to Timothy. Fight the good fight. Allow yourself to do that. Don't listen to the enemy. He doesn't love you. He's against you. And he doesn't want your life to bear any marks of success. I've had to really wrestle with this one. Because what I felt he does to me the most is try and separate me and my mind from my identity. That's how he works in me. Lisby, this is not you. This is you. You know, this is, you're not, this, you're, you're this, you're not good enough. I, to get to where I am with beautiful minds has taken me a huge fight in me. To believe that, that we can do something, that I can, I can create something with God and create something with the women in this room. It's a fight because it's enemy territory. And you have to be so confident that, that, that God has gone ahead of you. God's working through you. It's a fight of faith. 
And, uh, and, and I know that he wants to separate you from your identity and your inheritance. Listen to the one who loves you. I want you to stand with me just for a moment and risk you'll come up. Side with the one who loves you. The, so just, just make this really black and white. The devil doesn't love you. He hates Christians. So don't side with him. Don't hear him. Don't listen to him. Be alert to that little voice that takes you contrary to what the word of God says about you. Listen to the one who laid down his life for you. Listen to the voice that is the voice of freedom, where the presence of God is. This is what God's voice is for you. This is what he says over you. And just stand and close your eyes and embrace this. And if I say anything and you feel a little eat in you, a little uh, rebuke it. Because you need to embrace this. If anything clouds your mind and you go, I don't really believe that, that's not the truth. That is not the truth. This is the pure and utter truth about you. God says it's for freedom that my son came to set you free, so live in it and stand firm. You are my workmanship. You are a completely new creation. You are complete in my son Jesus and you lack nothing. Because of him, you are forever free, children. You are forever free from condemnation. You are fully forgiven. You are no longer a slave to yourself or to other people. You can never be separated or torn away from my love. And you have the power of the cross at work in you every single day. I have dressed you like a warrior in armor, so use that armor to defeat the enemy. I will only ever empower you with truth and not lies, so go to where my spirit is, because there there is freedom. Don't go back to what I rescued you from. Don't go back to what I rescued you from. Don't be stiff-necked like the Israelites. Pursue freedom in your mind. Don't fall away from grace. Because if you do, you won't feel empowered when you are weak. I sent my son for you to work out in your life the fullness of freedom he bought for you. So you can be confident that the good work that I began in you, I will complete. And I will bring all things together in every season of your life for good. That is your truth. The absolute truth. You cannot find freedom outside of his presence. We're just going to stay in this place for a bit as I close. You cannot find freedom outside of his presence. You can look for it everywhere you want. But the word of God says where, this Lord, where, where, where the spirit is, there is freedom. That's the only place. It doesn't say anywhere else in the Bible that there is freedom other than in the presence of God. And that's how I birthed beautiful minds. I, I had a wrestle, I've had a wrestle in my mind. I've worked for 16 years taking Romans 12, 2 to outwork things in my mind. And I got to the point last year particularly where I was just looking at some of my behaviors and my reactions and my thinking. And then looking at what the, what the, what the Word of God says about me. And I thought there are too many discrepancies. There are things that don't add up. And you know what? I'm not happy with that. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that anymore. I'm not content with that. 
because I do not want to undermine and underestimate the power of the cross, ever. So out of that came a hunger to see that in my life and to see that in the lives of others, that we live out of our position of Christ, which is where our freedom is. Moses says to God, at the end of Exodus, he says, God, you've got to be with us. Don't leave us. Don't, don't, don't separate yourself from us because it's your presence that distinguishes us from anyone else in the world. If you leave us, we're just going to be like everybody else because they hadn't been renewed and born again on the inside. So the only thing that separated them from other people was the presence of God. You and I need the presence of God in our life every single day so that it distinguishes us as it outworks itself in us. It distinguishes us from other people so that people look at you and look at your attitude and your life and the way you hold your head up high and the way that you keep walking and they say, I want what you've got. I want what you've got, which is what Peter and Stephanie you're going to find as you grow this in you. People are going to want what you've got. Pursue his presence. Right now, just lift up your hands to Jesus. And if, you, if you're here today and you don't know God, or you, you're in this place and this is still new, I want to say to you that there's only one place to find your freedom, that God's brought you here for a reason today. You can search yourself, you can search every religion, you can search inside of you, but the freedom you long for to escape the things in your mind is only found in one place, and that's Jesus. And until you step over the line, until you draw a line and say, I'm going to choose Jesus fully, completely, I'm going to give my life to him, you won't experience that freedom. It always feels out of reach. It always feels out of reach because you have to accept him into your heart. You have to have a born-again spirit before you can... You have to take that step of obedience before the Spirit of God can move in you and do what he needs to do in you. And it is a beautiful process. There is no better place to be on the whole of this planet, as, as David said in Psalm 139, than in the presence of God. I can try and run, I can try and hide, I can go high, I can go low, but I cannot escape your presence, God. It's all around me. And God will pursue you, but you need to pursue him. Pursue your freedom. Spirit of God in this place, I pray you'd break chains right now. Chains and minds, chains that have held people back. Behaviors that you, you, you're, you're wrestling with. Listen to the voice of the one who loves you. And right now, if you don't know Jesus, if you're here, and, or maybe you've been away from him and you've been running in the wrong direction, now is the time to come back. Put your stake in the ground and say, no longer will I be stiff-necked. I'm going to be moldable and changeable by God. I'm going to be flexible. I'm going to allow him to shape me and mold me. I don't want to be stiff-necked and awkward and difficult. I want the Spirit of God in me to create in me a new person, to create in me who I'm called to be, not just for me, but for the people around me. And if that's you, I'm just going to ask in a moment that you raise your hands so that we can all pray together and you can pray it from your heart, but it takes a step. It takes a step of trust. 
You never know, and I love this phrase always, you never know in the spirit realm what's on the other side of your obedience. You just don't know. Because God's, God's like, you step, you've got no idea what I'm going to do. Don't predict what God's going to do, guys. God is a supernatural God. Don't try and predict what's going to happen. He doesn't like predictions. He likes trust. He likes us going, whatever, whatever, God, do whatever it takes. And if that's you here today, I want you to have that whatever, God, whatever, you're bigger than me and I'm so small and you're so big and in your hands I know that you can do remarkable things. And if that's you today, I want you to raise your hand right up in the air, nice and high so that I can see it. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks for that hand. Is anyone else here? I'm going to wait a moment. I want to put it right up in the air so I can see that you are choosing to step into a new decision. Is there anyone else here right now? Give in to the fight. Give in. You know, there's different fights. There's the fight of faith, but then there's the fight. It's the wrong fight. It's the ugly fight. It's the pushing God away fight. Give in to that fight. Take up a different fight. The fight of faith. Is anyone else here? Just going to wait. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God, move in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay, we're going to pray this together. And I'd love you to pray this with me, whether you raised your hand or not. If you did, pray this along with all of us and mean it. But for any of you saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm recommitting that part of me to you. I want you to say this out loud with all your heart and mean it. Spirit of God, we thank you. Let's pray this together. Thank you, God. That where the Spirit is, there is freedom. And I choose to commit my life to Jesus. To welcome him into my heart. To cleanse me. To forgive me from my past. To give me a new hope and a future. And I receive the Holy Spirit who creates in me a new spirit, a new heart. I become a new person in Jesus' name. I choose you, Jesus, for the rest of my life and to honor you. Amen. Thank you, Father. I pray you would do a, a work in people this week. You would seal the things you've done in us. If you think this is a great message and great content, then go and do something with it this week. Go and take it, create depth in it, make it yours, get the Spirit of God on it. Women, get ready for beautiful minds. Stop. I want to see women that don't know Jesus in this place. I want an altar call, and I want to see people coming down here hungry and crying for the presence of God. And that means you've got to bring your friends. I don't want a whole room of Christians, however awesome that is. I want women to be awakened in their minds. So bring your friends, pay for them, drag them along, whatever it takes. No, just. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.